Welcome to North London is Ours, the Arsenal and Spurs podcast brought to you by Andreas and me, Aaron. Enjoy. I was hoping Aaron would be basking in the misery of defeat on Sunday as the birthday boy was rewarded with the perfect gift as his Arsenal team beat Brighton 2-0, while Spurs continued their impressive return to form with a 2-0 away win at Nottingham Forest in the Friday night game. Let's dive straight in. Good evening, sir. How are you? Very, very well, mate. How about you? I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad. First of all, I wanted to say a belated happy birthday to you. Thank you very much, mate. And the Gooners, uh, my, my B-Day twin, Martin Odegaard, put on a birthday performance and gave me everything that I possibly could have wanted on on uh, Saturday after, uh, Sunday? Sunday afternoon, wasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you must, yeah, you must be delighted. And uh, do you know, Aaron, I was doing some research on this ahead of this pod. It, is not... this about my age? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> feel free to, 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 to disclose that to all the listeners if you like. Um, but do, do you know who else shares your birthday? Are there any other famous footballers that share your birth date? Oh, there is someone else. I've done well, a little bit of research. Go on. Few and far between, the two most notable elite-level footballers, bar Martin Odegaard, obviously, that I could come up with, were Andre Ayew. Uh, okay. brother of Jordan Ayew, and Wesley yeah. Fofana, centre-half at Chelsea. There we oh, go. How nice. about that? Yeah, not who I did think there was someone else. But uh, yeah, I'll take those two. Fofana is not bad. He was a bit of a legend, actually, on uh, Football Manager 22, I think it was. If you got him at centre-back, you were buzzing. Yeah, crazy potential, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, um, he's at the one at Chelsea, right? That's right, yeah. He's moved to Chelsea. Yeah, I think he was at just been before. injured con- constantly, hasn't he, or something? Yeah, it was actually quite funny because then I, I then uh, I went down the rabbit hole and I thought, okay, what players you know share my own birthday? And obviously, I'm I'm in August, but actually, I share my birthday interestingly with Mario Balotelli. All right, Gibril Cisse. Yeah, who obviously we both share uh, a love of fantastic haircuts. <laughs> uh, and Matthias De Ligt, the oh, well now the Juventus centre half. So an, an interesting spread, but yeah, that's seems... quite that's quite the bunch there, isn't it? That's an eclectic mix. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. always it's always interesting to see sort of um, yeah, I suppose celeb sports people that you share your birthdays with. I'd, I'd actually like to expand it and maybe look at wider celebrities and see who else. But anyway, that's for yeah. another time. That is another time, another pod. Another time, another pod. But I think for today, I think it's probably a good place to pick up from is a fantastic weekend all round for Arsenal, for yourself. Um, you must be delighted with uh, your return back to the top of the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a, a good weekend, mostly, um, in terms of results elsewhere going going our way somewhat. Um, the, obviously, the big game on Sunday, Liverpool-Manchester United, was uh, where I was hoping for a United win, but was fully expecting, I think I messaged you to say they could hold five. And I genuinely thought that Man United were in for an absolute thumping, but that didn't Mm. turn out to be. And I know you've got some thoughts on that game in terms of atmosphere and how it compares to what, um, what, 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 what our teams put out or what our team's fans really put out in terms of the North London derby and how it compares. Did you want to kind of get into that? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. first of all, I think the one thing that was evident is that that game on Sunday was dire. It was dire, first of all. Um, and I've always felt as though Man United, Liverpool, OK, arguably two of the biggest clubs in the world, two of the biggest clubs in the league. But it's so overly hyped, in my opinion, by Sky. And for me, there's no other fixture that consistently produces the entertainment of a North London derby. And perhaps I'm totally biased, perhaps. <laughs> but I've sat through so many dull Man United-Liverpool games through the years. There's obviously been some good ones as well, but I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. And I just yeah. think when you look at the whole Carrigan-Neville set up in Sky and their affiliations to each team, I don't know, it just feels a bit tired. But for me, nothing comes close to the North London derby. Uh, do you know, when we when you... You mentioned about this like before before we started the app. I it made me think about the teams and maybe like the reasons why. I and I think I don't know if, if I'm right, but is it the case that Liverpool are and have been in recent years for quite a number of years now just far superior than Manchester United in terms of their team and their performance in the Premier League in particular. Um, whereas in comparison, Arsenal and Spurs have been a lot closer in recent years, and those um, that kind of reflects on on the games. I think it was this time last year that Liverpool beat Man United seven nil. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, it's an interesting one. It was I, I watched I watched most of that game, but um, it started pretty frantic and as it as it always kind of does at Anfield that they like I feel I think they still like to try and blow teams away as quickly as they can. And um yeah after that it, it was a it was a bit of a dead game, wasn't it? Dead game. Yeah. Dead game. And you know what it made me think to that point though, even when Arsenal were far <laughs> superior to Spurs, like far superior like in the in the sort of two thousands, you still had games like the five four at White Hart Lane. I was like, you know, I don't want to talk about that. But you won five four. We were rubbish at that point. But we, it was always no matter what. When it came to the derby, we gave everything, and it was always a good spectacle. Mm. Um, even like you know, I think the year you won the league at White Hart Lane. I'm going to for that, <laughs> but like we didn't roll over. It was a two two draw. It was yeah. entertaining. It was like there was. A, there's been a few like five twos and a few batterings either side, but it's always a great game, and there's always you know, a bit of edge to it. There's always sendings off, great entertainment. I just, yeah. I've always felt with United Liverpool, it's just not, it's not that. And it gets so much hype and it just winds me up. But yeah, I, I don't think, I don't even think you can compare it to um, those games to Arsenal United games. Those were like, mm. not, I know it's not a, a local or geographical derby, but that was a title yeah, often title decided matches were epics, right? And the Liverpool Man United games have never, um, never been well. More often than not, not been to that kind of level in terms of the um, the spectacle on on in those matches. And I, I think I'm with you completely. The um, North London derby is is always massive, and it feels it feels a lot more hyped and a lot more entertaining than what those games. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I think the reason is, and it's purely because of the broadcast numbers, and you know, globally, more people will tune in to a Man United-Liverpool game because of the size of the clubs with their global fan bases, and that's why. Yeah. Um, 
sky build it, but it doesn't all, doesn't necessarily make it right. But anyway, yeah. I just thought the game was dire, and I thought there was a lot of poor quality mm. uh, on show in the game, to be honest. But yeah, um, that was well for you guys next week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was. It, it it kind of um made me you know in comparison to the Arsenal game when it was the complete opposite. There was just pure quality from from both teams, and after the game. Um, I know you wanted to speak about De Zerbi's quotes about Arsenal. Um, and there was also, before you share that, I'd like to just, um, I think Declan Rice posted on his Instagram saying some, just a short sentence, something like big win against the top side. And, <clears throat> excuse me, watching that game, I just Brighton are, are so, so good, man. Like what De Zerbi has those players doing, and it doesn't matter the amount of changes that they make in a game, the players that they don't have available, they just have their way of playing and they are so good at it. Um, it cost them in some respects and they did make mistakes playing out from the back, but they were just so in tune with it and they have so many good players um, that perform well for them. And I, I watched them, we were 1-0, but I never felt secure. What? Um, no, in fact, I did feel secure, but I always felt as though they could, they could nick one. And um, I'm just so impressed with them always. And it, it just goes to show last, I don't think we've, I don't think we'd beat them in five games at the Emirates in all competitions. Mm. Interesting. Um, and they, they really are a good side. And these are one of the sides that you put into that, um, that second tier that you've mentioned previously, that if Spurs do want to, you know, make get a Champions League space or, or place and be in Europe, then it is going to be about matches against, against these guys. Um, but yeah, I was just really, really impressed with them, but more impressed with Arsenal. I thought it was an incredible performance from Arsenal. Um, had Odegaard, I thought he was class throughout the whole game, just close ball control and in possession. There was one pass that he played in behind the back, outside of the boot, left yeah, the, obviously. Right it was just perfectly weighted. It was such a shame that didn't lead to a goal. So it was really great to see the birthday boy back to his best. Um, I also just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about Kai Havertz as well. It was great to see him score again. And I've always been kind of satisfied with what, or impressed really, with what he's done defensively in terms of playing and filling the role that Arteta is asking him to do. But I've always been a bit underwhelmed by what he's done going forward and have been mm. wanting more. And we're now really, really getting that. And um, I just think it goes to show that having that patience and showing faith in players um, will eventually allow you to reap the benefits. Um, and yeah, I'm just delighted for Havertz. He just seems so much more ready. And his post-match interview, he was talking about that as well. He was like a bit of a slow, rough start, but now I'm getting, finding my feet and um, he's doing a lot better. And obviously, he's doing better and it's helping helping us massively. He's getting important goals. Like that second goal yesterday was really important. Um, yeah, and I just thought Arsenal were were excellent. And did you want to share the Zerbi's quote? I haven't got it in front of me. Do you have it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll share it. And before, before <laughs> doing that, I'd say, look, from a, I suppose, a Spurs fan's point of view, I think in some ways, and I'm, I'm clutching here, but it was a good time for you to play Brighton. I mean, from what from, for what it's worth, mm -hmm. what I heard was that you were completely dominant and definitely deserve to win win and whether a far better team. But I think yeah. Brighton Brighton to me have been struggling with managing the games in the Europa League and they obviously had 
a big game on the Thursday night in the Europa, which which they won, but they sort of put everything into it. I think you were sort of earlier kickoff on the Tuesday. And I think the way the two teams play, the way Brighton play, which is all energy, I, I do wonder if, yeah, you know, you said their record at the Emirates has been pretty good in recent years, but mm. I think look, taking nothing away from you, but I think you probably did play them at a good time. And it sounds like you thoroughly deserve to win. Um, and the point on Deserby, yeah, I mean, I'll just read his quote post-match. Arsenal played much better than us. They deserve to win the game. We suffered a lot. I think Arsenal are one of the best, maybe this season, the best team in the Premier League. We are not used to suffering in this way. We are used to controlling the game. And it reminded me a bit of what Gary O'Neill said uh, in the game after they played you at the Emirates, where he said there was genuine fatigue mm. in his team having played you. And I know you've you've been sort of raving around this new way of playing that you've got, which is a lot more controlled. And I think yeah. Declan Rice, who I know you're going to want to talk about, who's been sort of fundamental in enabling you to establish that foundation. Yeah. But it does seem in a season when loads of teams are falling apart with injuries, there's more games, it's high intensity, you've found an incredible way to manage and control games that is ultimately protecting your players from having to sort of commit more sprints, engage in more crazy last-ditch tackles. Um, that is enabling yeah. you to, to ultimately dominate games and teams are suffering. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting perspective. I hadn't really thought too too closely about I, I think what you're trying to say is that the way we're playing games doesn't is is a lot more patient it isn't top energy you know that um you know I think you use that phrase to describe Spurs that rock and roll football gung-ho kind of going for it all the time it is a lot more patient and controlled and you could be could be right it'd be, it'd be interesting to see the numbers on that right um yeah well, whether... I think you, you just First of all, you've got great squad depth now. Like you've got quality in a lot of areas. There's probably still a couple of gaps. I'm sure you admit that, but you've got great quality. Mm. And I think maybe you've just looked at the season and looked at the number of games. Obviously, you weren't in Europe last year, and gone. We need to find a new way to win. And I think you mentioned on previous pod that last year you were a little bit like us, I suppose, going all out, blowing teams away. Mm. Whereas it doesn't really feel like that's the Arsenal we're no. seeing this year. No, it's it's not. But we, we have managed to do that in a few games, particularly in the Champions League. That's where it's been different, where we've just obliterated a couple of teams. Um, but you have we haven't seen too much of that in the Premiership but in, or in the Premier League because, like I think I've said in the past, I think the way teams are setting up against us and the way we're now more used to playing, it is more structured and it is more secure. Um, I mean, Brighton yesterday, they had one really good opportunity where they really should have scored Matoma playing in Pascal Gross who you know I thought that's that's a goal um mm. luckily he missed I think that could have been you know could have seen a different more frenetic end to the game but the stats in the game Brighton actually shaded possession um 51 percent to Arsenal's 49 um they had six shots on target uh, six shots one on target whereas Arsenal had 26 shots and nine on target. Um, we had four clear-cut chances. They had just the one. Um, so I was quite surprised by the possession stat. But having, you know, you, you see the stats and then your eyes can often tell you something very different yeah. having watched the game. And for me, I felt like we were very, very dominant, very much in control of the game. And um, 
I just knew that the, there's there's quality kind of sprinkled around that Brighton team and players like Matoma, Evan Ferguson as well, who he was just shut down completely by our centre-halves. Um, but you just know they have that bit of threat. Um, but yeah, it was a really dominant performance. And I, you know, to get that praise from Deserby, who a manager that I... I just, I don't know, there's something about him. I think he's, you know, he's got potential to manage a, a really big club and do well, you know, a big European club. And I think he will eventually. Um, but yeah, I'm just so impressed by them. And, but even more impressed by, by Arsenal and to go and get that win. It's a good, a good prep for the next big game, which is Anfield away where no one wants to go. Um yeah, the the only the couple of players I wanted to kind of just discuss and see what you thought. Um, I don't know, Lewis Dunk is one player that has been linked with Spurs quite heavily in the past, and I think he was fairly close to joining at some point in recent seasons. He was outstanding yesterday. You know, just a real kind of throwback defender. Um, he he had some amazing blocks, interceptions. He's just so good on the ball as well. Um, he did get nutmegged superbly mm. by Gabriel Martinelli in the middle of the pitch. And then he got done by Jesus in the middle of the pitch as well. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed by him. I don't know if that's someone that, you know, Spurs might have on their shopping list, uh-huh. in, uh, you know, in January or, or, or the summer. Um, and you mentioned him earlier and I, I can't not mention him every week because let me guess Deck, Declan Rice, your guy. Uh, Not really. <laughs> shock, mate. Honestly, he's so so good. Um, and I was talking to my brother-in-law. We were watching the who's a Spurs fan, and we were he he said about Declan Rice that he in games he doesn't seem to do that much, but whatever, whatever he does do, he does it so so well. And it is, I think he's right in in this game in particular, Rice. Was he just and anything he did? He just was spot on. You know, he was positioning, breaking up play. There was one bit where he picked the ball up deep in his own half, played it out to the fullback, made a, a run into like a wide area in his own half, got the ball, dropped his shoulder, and sold the defender. And then he was on the halfway line. He basically just ran all the way into the box and almost scored. Um, he's just such a monster of a midfielder. He's so physically dominant in duels. And yeah, he. I'd hate to play against him in midfield. You know, trying to run past him, it just seems ominous every time that he's going to just bully you off the ball and get it. Um, just so impressive. And what sums him up for me in this game is he he's still breaking up the play in the 94th minute. We're 2-0 up. The game is done. They've had one clear-cut chance and he's breaking up play on the edge of their area and almost setting us up for another another goal late on. And um, like I've said it in the past, I just I genuinely, genuinely believe that we got him for half price. I really, <laughs> I really, really do. You know, there's I think Arsenal fans have started a GoFundMe page to for West Ham to get them some more money because he's <laughs> worth so much more. And he genuinely is, mate. He's he's he was outstanding I, again. I'm I'm not surprised because I've said this before. I when when I saw you signed him, and I think I even said this in an early pod. Mm. To me, he's he's the player that elevates you into contenders to being like you're very very you've got a very good chance of winning this league. And with him in your squad, and having watched Liverpool yesterday, 
I have a lot of concerns going into. I, I, I honestly back you to go to Anfield and win. Um, he's he is that good. I know you won Player of the Match um, or Man of the Match yesterday mm. um, in your performance, and yeah, he just he's just he just completes you. As I said, you, you were putting in an absolute monster, the best in his position, arguably in the world, into an already high functioning team that went close last year, mm. and. To me, that's the difference. And yeah, yeah I mean, it, it really, in my opinion, and it sounds crude and horrible to say it, <laughs> but I think somebody absolutely doing him, basically, and smashing him and putting him out for weeks or months on end is the only thing that might stop you winning this league. Wow. And okay. I that's am my terrified now, Andy. I'm going to have nightmares now. Listen, I, I don't want to see players injured. Right, but if there's some juju that's gone out there from what I've just said, then <laughs> you know, it's not. I'm not saying I want it, but yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, but no, yeah, I, mean, I get it. Might it, you know that's quite a good segue into the Spurs game because someone like Basuma or Romero might oblige because <laughs> or you Dogi because these guys, Andy. I know you want to talk about Spurs's Spurs in in discipline, um, but yeah, they're um, <laughs> they're they're letting you down consistently through the season aren't they yeah I, and I, for me it all st- it all comes back to exactly what we discussed about Arsenal where you've got one team that is far further ahead in its progression as we've said before who is able to play in a really controlled way whereas we are I mean we're fantastic to watch genuinely and I think you know even you as an Arsenal fan you might not enjoy it but I'm sure you can appreciate the way we're approaching games is you know, matches are enjoyable to watch, regardless of your sort of bias, I suppose. But um... I, I tell you, who else is who? Uh, you know, I'm not enjoying it. I can appreciate it, like you said. But Gary Neville loves you guys, right? He is like your biggest fan at the moment. I don't know. He, uh, yeah. You you mentioned before and it, about these Ange to Man United rumors. I don't or not Man rumors, City. but suggestions and things like that. But he is just. Whenever I seem to watch Spurs games or comments about Spurs games, he's very high on you guys. He's like, and he's never has been in the past in my in my memory. To be fair, he was under Pochettino. He was he was high on us, but I think I think the point he's making and what he said after the game was there's no other team he enjoys watching now as much as Spurs in the league, and and I can see it. I can actually see it as as to why because every game is entertaining and part of it is because of the way we play and the goals we score and the chance we create but equally you don't know what you're going to get on the other end in terms of sendings off be quite rash teams yeah. getting chances against us as well it's kind of we have a go you have a go so it's making for a fun spectacle and if you're yeah. sky i think you're loving it as a product you're knowing every time you show spurs you're getting an entertaining game of value for money yeah um, and i think as well if you consider his line of work he watches a lot of football matches doesn't he live. And it must be, you know if it's his work and he's watching those he must be thinking like oh I'm really glad to be going and I know we, I'm really glad to be going to watch Spurs or whoever else that he's you know he's appreciating or enjoying watching whereas I think he said quite the opposite about United he's like I don't I don't like watching them anymore it's, it's boring it's dull it's dire and it is though isn't it? I mean but, <laughs> yeah can't disagree with him there yeah, and I think that for us, the, the thing I want to focus on is, you know, we've, we've had a bad spell and it's funny how, and I've been, you know, quite critical of Richarlison early in the season, but him and Pape Sarr coming back into the team, um, obviously Richarlison now fully fit, are over his sort of groin or sort of pubis issue he's had and Sarr's energy back in the midfield 
Yeah. I mean, the last two performances have been very good, very different, but very good. Obviously, the 4-1 against Newcastle, backing it up against, you know, a tricky, tricky game away at Forest. I think you guys lost there actually last year, I think, in a yeah. tight one, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they, uh, they beat us in the uh, the FA Cup. Pretty sure last, What, this yeah. year as well? No, last year would have been, yeah? No, yeah, last year. Um, but I tell you what, you know, we spoke about Luton being miles off it and being championship start. I mean, the way Forest play, they've got a bit more quality than Luton, but their tactics are the same. It's long throw-ins, long balls. It was not fun. And I thought we had to, there were bad periods in the game where you sort of having to deal with a bit of pressure. Um, but a really good professional hard-fought win with mm-hmm. the exception of the Basuma sending off, which I think is a sending off. Yeah. Um, but and it's really bad actually because we now because he's been sent off already this season, he's now suspended for four matches and he's going to the African Cup of Nations. So we're now not going to see Pesuma until the end of January, um, which means he's out now. And I think the manager spoke about sort of he had this sort of fantasy of having a midfield two of Bentancor and Pesuma as his sort of midfield two with Madison in front. And I think all Spurs fans are sort of salivating at the idea of that. And we've never seen it because Ben Tancor's been out. Now Basuma's out again. Madison's out. So yeah. there's, there's almost a sense of it's a real shame that we've not seen that yet because I think they're two very progressive players. But mm. the discipline is costing us and it's a big, big problem. And we need to be very, very careful because for me, it does come back down to that control. Like a top team, a team that's maybe further in its evolution starts to think, right, We've got the lead. And we, to be fair, we're, we're taking the lead in almost every game we play at the moment. Um, and then we're sort of self-imploding through this lack of discipline. Yeah. So that, that for me, is something we really need to address. Um, but even then, like, Udogi's booking, I thought was a very harsh booking. It means he's now going to be suspended for the Everton game on Saturday, which is a tough game considering the one they're on. Um, yeah, yeah they're, they're the informed team at the, at the moment, goodness me. Yeah, they're on, they're on form, so we've got no Basuma for that, no Udogi. Um, Romero's one booking off another suspension, so I was like watching that Forest game. Shocking. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, please, please, because otherwise, you know, we're in big trouble. But one, yeah. one, one player I really wanted, well, two players I wanted to call out from the Forest game. Ben yeah. Davis was outstanding next to Romero, um, which was refreshing okay. to see because he's not a centre-half by trade. Um and just really good, like you said, with Havertz, getting a run of games, he seems to be slowly sort of getting more familiar with the position, um, yeah. which is encouraging. And are they, are they still playing? I have to admit, I only watched the highlights of this one on Match of the Day and the highlights on the Sky Sports app, having not been able to watch it due to birthday commitments. But um, are they still committing to that high line? Because I know that's something that you had concerns about Van der Ven loves that recovery run and has that pace. Ben Davies doesn't. Are you still playing in that same high line? It's wobbly though, mate. It's wobbly <laughs> though. Um, I mean, I, I had against another team, I would have been probably more concerned, but Forrest just didn't have it in them to, to even try and break that with the oh, really? style of play. Um, yeah. But I think that, that that is our... In fact, the high line actually worked for us because Forrest had a goal disallowed when we were 1-0 up. And it was because we kept such a high line on the edge of the box when the ball came in and they'd run past. I think it was a langer and he'd gone too early. So it kind of worked for us. Yeah. Because um, often when you hear high line, you just think up near the halfway line. Yeah, yeah. But actually, in this case, the high line was actually keeping the discipline to, to not, even though the ball was 
in the final third out wide. It was stay in line with the penalty area and don't drop. Mm. And I think in that instance, it's less about pace and it's more around just being like a unit and keeping that solid line. Yeah. Um, trust me, as a player who played centre half, who didn't have the greatest of pace, <laughs> trust me, I, I can relate to that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. that well. Um, and then the other player for me that I have to call out because he's been brilliant in recent games is uh, Dejan Kulisevsky. Yeah. Who they call Decky, is that right? Yeah, Decky. Um, I mean, he's looking like Zorro with his new mask, he's had his nose broken, and he's looking me absolutely nuts, but. You know what? Before sort of waxing lyrical about him, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give you a little sing song, Aaron. Um, All right. The the song for Kulisevsky is elite. Really? It's elite, mate. Wait, hold better... on. Is is it better than sixty million down the drain? Kai Havertz scores again, mate. It's on a par. It's on a All par. Right. Okay. 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 Vocally talented, coming to show. Right. So anyway, he's from he's from Sweden, right? Yeah. Give me, give me, give me a ginger from Sweden. He came from Juventus and he plays on the wing. Give me, give me, give me a ginger from Sweden. Number 21, his name is Kulisevsky. Come on. <laughs> it's a cracker. Come on. That, mate, you know, whatever Spurs fan or fans came up with that, that's very, very good. Because <laughs> Abba Ab- are Scandinavian, aren't they? They're sweet, they're from Sweden, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they what? are actually sweet. I wasn't I didn't want to commit, but wow, yeah, that, that fair play. Fair play. You know what? It's, uh... it's football fans, man, whether it's the wacka wacka for Havertz, this yeah. gimme gimme for I mean, I just you've got to respect the football fan yeah. creativity. That's that's that, those are the kind of things that you you probably don't get when you watch TV uh, watch football in on your television at home. Whereas in the ground, on the concourse, around the stadium, and you hear those songs after a win or before a match. They're really like hairs on the back of your neck stuff, aren't they? Oh, you've got to be there to feel it, right? Yeah, feel that yeah. atmosphere. But yeah, just um, was... on Decky, um, I've got some stats here for you so far know. this season. I know on our um, at NLDN is ours on Instagram, we posted a player comparison earlier on this season um, between him and Bakayo Saka. And uh, this, we've kind of discussed Kulisevsky quite a bit in recent eps, but 17 appearances. To Saka, 16. Five goals apiece. Two two assists for Kulisevsky. Six for Saka. Um, Yeah, those are the main stats in terms of attacking. Um, All the others that I've got are more about like uh, clean sheets and yellow cards, but not too too relevant for these players. But yeah, really comparable, isn't it? Yeah, progression. And the other key stat of Kulisevsky that I heard is he's covered more distance than any other player in the Premier League this season. So he's a workhorse as well. And I actually think we spoke about it in one of the early pods. And when we had, um, when Ange came in and we questioned what's, like if, if you put Kulisevsky in an Arsenal style of attack. We did, yeah. It was a it was a, a question from your brother, wasn't it? Yeah, and I thought it was a really good point. It's actually quite interesting to see now that the stats are a bit more comparable because my one bugbear with Kulisevsky is for all his good play and his ball carrying, is the next evolution of his game has got to be affecting with goals and assists. Like, has to be doing that. And obviously, yeah. he's not on Saka's level yet in terms of, like, the assists that you mentioned, I think, six to two. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, his assist for the Richarlison goal, that cross yeah, yeah. was stunning. And then, um, yeah, obviously, a good finish with his sort of right peg, I suppose, poor from their goalkeeper, I think, a couple of times. Yeah, yeah there's a little Arsenal connection there, Matt Turner, not really... 
not really covered himself in glory there. That's why he doesn't play for Arsenal anymore because he just <laughs> that. No, no, seriously, I was going to say he doesn't that being able to be good with his feet. He he really tried and he did improve. To be fair to him, but um, he was very um, what's the word? He was in terms of his shot stopping, he was quite highly thought of, but. Um, even that let him down in that second goal as well. It was kind of straight at him. You would expect him to, you know, bat that above the above the goal or something. But, yeah, yeah, because I'm not, I'm not being funny. I actually felt for him in terms of the back pass to him initially. I actually thought it was a really poor back pass, and he dealt with it quite well, and he just didn't connect with the kick. But his touch was good. But then, yeah, I think a good a good keeper saves the shot. And I'm, I mean, yeah, you know, take. Like Vicario, who again was brilliant for us in the game, made mm. one brilliant save with his legs. Like, there's no way he's letting that in. Yeah, um, that's true. That, that that's the save there, isn't it? Um, just looking back on our Instagram post, actually, Andy, this is really interesting. Last season, Saka and Kulusevski, um stats. So Saka 38 appearances to Kulusevski's 30. Um, Saka 14 goals and two, uh, sorry, 11 assists, and Kulusevski already has doubled his tally and more in terms of goals. He got two last season with seven assists. Wow. wow. So that's a massive step up from him already. And this is half the sample, just over half the sample size. Well, there so that's the progress there, isn't it? And, and yeah, that's it. And it just goes to show that you can write off players so easily, but ultimately managers, cohesion, system, style of play. And the thing with Deki, like, He's had to play all across the front. He actually drifted into the number 10 role for a lot of the game. Yeah, I saw and that on the highlights. Oh, he rolled in a really nice round-the-corner pass for um, Son, I think. That's right. Early on. Scored, really. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, Kulisewski's just a really, I think, top-quality prospect in terms of his ability in the final third, his ability to get on the ball. He can play in the 10 role. He can play wide. He now, just the only thing missing for him now is to start putting up those numbers. And I think where he's at is good. But, like, I know we spoke about a chance, I think, he had against Villa where he hit the post and he should have scored. Like, he's still, yeah, he's got another level to go to. And I really think, I think he's only, like, 22. Mm. Similar. What, how old is Saka, actually? Similar age? Yeah, I think Saka's just turned 23 or 20. He had a birthday recently, I'm sure. So similar, 20, right? 22 so, or 23. So they're they're really interesting in terms of age, profile, development. Like they're two really exciting, obviously prospects, but more than prospects because they're both delivering already for our clubs. But to see what their sort of ceiling is in the next four or five seasons for both Saka and Kulisewski is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. potentially, you're talking about like, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd argue Saka's already elite level, but yeah, I, you know, I, I would argue that. You know, and I think most, even most sort of biased Spurs fans would say Kulu's not quite where Saka is now, but yeah. both of them have got have got more gears, and I'm really interested to see, um, obviously from a Spurs fan's point of view, particularly where Kulusevski can get to. But it's just great to see him being available, feel, stepping up. Yeah, I still feel like if he had that burst of pace, you know, even that goal he scored on the weekend, he doesn't really get away from the player, does he? He's still, you know, where Saka gets away from players. Um, I think that would just make his life a bit easier if he, you know, if he had five, ten yards of, you know, proper burst of pace. Whereas he, he, he can travel, but I don't think, I don't think he's. You wouldn't say he's rapid, would you? No, he's not like top, yeah. top, like Arjen Robin speed or Gareth no, Bale speed or Mo Salah, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, 
But do, yeah. but do you know what's interesting though with these lefties? Because if you just from memory, some of Saka's assists this season have mm. actually been not actually to do with his pace. It's just him shifting it onto his left and yeah. whipping it into the back. I could, I could think of the goal yeah. at Chelsea where he whipped it in for Trossard. I think scored. Yeah, yeah. And then recently for the Kai Havertz one. Yeah, because um, the, these left players, these lefties playing off the right, when they shift it and whip it, I don't think there's anything you can. It's like you can't really stop it. No, it's it's a bit like what David Beckham used to do. You know, where he kind of get the ball, there'd be a player near him, he'd just tap it a little bit in front of him and then just bend it round them. They kind of do it, but the other way, they kind of drop the right shoulder, cut in, little tap with the boot to give themselves that extra yard. And that's exactly what Kulisevsky did for the Richarlison header, wasn't it? Exactly that. Yeah. I mean, it, and it was yeah, on the money. It's tough. Like, it's tough and, to stop, isn't it? Yeah, but, that, but that's where I think um, Saka has the edge at the moment. You're right, because both players can do that. But equally, Saka's got that blistering burst to get away. Mm. Whereas I think Kulisevsky is more... His strength is... Or his, I suppose where he differentiates from Saka is more he can drift across into the middle and then start playing those through balls. And it was interesting to see that. So... Um, yes. Yeah, man. So, really, really interesting. Exciting times for, for both clubs. Great to see us on a run. For us, fixture-wise, we've got Everton at home next on Saturday, which is obviously a really tricky game, considering the yeah. run they're on. And then, actually, interestingly, we go to Brighton away on the 28th, I think, mm. um, which are very interesting. Whereas, I think you go to Anfield for a really fascinating top-of-the-table clash on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Huge game. Really big. I'd, you know, I'd be very happy with a point there. Um Really, I, really, I, yeah, I really would. I just, I look at their team. They're, they're, they've got so much depth, Andy. Like when, you know, if you know the people they bring off the bench, these are proven Premier League players. You know, um, I don't know too much about their availability, um, but you know that if you know if their front three's not firing, if that's Mo Salah or Luis Diaz, they bring on Cody Gakpo, they bring on Diogo Jota. Um, you know, they they're just they're so deep, like their midfield. If you know, Sabosli, um, Alexis McAllister, um, this Graven Birch, you know, this is this is such a deep team. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I definitely feel that we've got the potential to go there and win. We could definitely do it. Um, whether or not we will, because it's such a tough place to go. No one's got anything there this season, I don't think. Bar Man United. Bar Man, yeah, exactly. And no one anticipated that because United yeah. were awful. Um, it is a crazy... It's something about Anfield, I must... Because I remember last season you went there and you mullered them in the first half and I think you went 2-0 up. Yeah, and then and, we blew it. Yeah, and by the yeah. end you were hanging on for dear life, if I remember correctly. And it's something this, about yeah. Liverpool-Anfield. I just... You can't put your finger on it, can you? No, it's, it, it's a special place and it usually creates a special atmosphere um, not yesterday, but um, it usually creates a special atmosphere, and they usually just obliterate teams, don't they? I mean, I remember memories of us going there and being three 0 down within like twenty minutes or something, and thinking, "Goodness me, I've looked forward to this game all day, and I already don't want to watch it." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Last season, it was Granite. Everyone blamed Xhaka, which they always did. Um, he kind of had a bit of a. Um, coming together with Trent Alexander-Arnold mm. and um, and then, you know, everyone was like, oh, if, if Xhaka doesn't do that, we're 2-0 up and we maintain the game, that got their backs up and it's like, come on, man. <laughs> like, one little moment like that doesn't, you know, lead to you 
conceding goals. Do you know what I mean? It can give a team a bit, a little bit between their teeth, but there's a lot more that goes into throwing away games than just one guy's moment. Do you know what I mean? It's just looking for a scapegoat. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd go there happy with a point. If yeah. we, you know, I'd be very, very, I'd, I'd be delighted with a win, and I I could see us doing that. Like I could see us, you know, we're very, very good defensively. I think they're not as good defensively as they have been. Mm. They've probably got the best goalkeeper in the league as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Do you know, it's funny because I'm literally, I've got my live score app right now. And you mm. can look at, it's quite an interesting view. You can look at the table and then filter it on home records and away records. Yeah. And interestingly, the teams with the best home records this season are Aston Villa, Newcastle, Arsenal and Liverpool. So actually, mm. the only two games you've lost are to the two teams with the best home <laughs> yeah. record and then Liverpool by yourselves are the next best. So I think yeah. based on that, you're probably thinking if you can get a draw, well, anytime you get a point Anfield, it's a good result, right? Regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, years ago, going back to... You know, Jamie Carragher days playing for Liverpool. I I never used to fear Liverpool. I used to think, ah, oh, they're just a team we often beat. You know, we never mm. really had any issues with them. Um, but yeah, I can't. Um, I, I wish I could say that now. Um, so yeah, that's. Do you know what's mad though? Do you know what's actually interestingly as well? Just looking again, the t- who do you think is the team with the best away record in the league? Put you on the spot here. Oh, um, City. City are second. Actually, Spurs have the best away record in the league. Um, so far this season. So far this season. But interestingly, oh. you are level with City in second, but actually have a game in hand on us. So if you were to win at Anfield, you oh. would have the best away record above us by one point. Okay. So it's actually, it's actually quite interesting when you start to slice it because, yeah, yeah. you know, I think you're in third position for home record and away record. And I think that just shows that sort of consistency is actually what gets you to the top as opposed to being like, like Villa, who are brilliant at home. Yeah. But not so good away. That's probably the only reason why they're not actually yeah. top because, well, even then, they're only a point off you. I mean, Villa, should we talk about that? Villa and Man City? Because Villa are flying, but City, something is fundamentally wrong there. Yeah, I'm loving the gap between the rest of <laughs> I just hope that gap keeps going, but um, I just think they're, they're they're too experienced, they're too um, they're too deep, they're too well um, coached, and they're too well um, resourced to allow that to continue for much longer. I just I, there's just this inevitability about them that I just never I would any any football fan would be foolish to write them off. Absolutely foolish. It I doesn't think... matter what that gap is. Well, then I'm I'm a fool. Because, <laughs> seriously, I'm looking at it and I'm like, they're actually playing in Saudi on Tuesday in the Club World Cup. And I, that's more games for them. And I know Haaland's had an injury. I, I think something is really amiss with them this season. And, and, and I just have this hunch that it's not their year. And I think motivation off the back of having won what they've won last season, the year before... I think it really is there for the taking for the likes of a Liverpool and Arsenal this season. Whether or not it happens mm. remains to be seen. And they always do go on that run, I suppose, post-January. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's more interesting to me is not what City do. It's more interesting to me to see whether Arsenal learn from your sort of drop-off last season and whether you are maturing as a team and this new way of playing 
gets mm. you over the line or whether you encounter a similar drop off you know at crunch time but time yeah. will tell right yeah exactly um so everton sean dyche what tricky, are you thinking tricky tricky um away or home did you say no we're, we're home to everton i mean yeah. we're missing Basuma, we're missing udogi obviously madison's still out um but i like I like the way we're going about things at the moment. I mean, even the defeats to West Ham and Villa, really, we should never have lost either of those, really. I think Everton aren't as good as either of those teams. I still back us to win, but I think it will be quite tight. I think they'll cause us some problems. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Spurs win. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I obviously never want to see a Spurs win. and But I don't have much um, affection for Sean Dyche either. <laughs> Um. So yeah, I, this one for me, they're in a they're in really good form. I think it could be a draw. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. I think they'll um come and get something with some negative tactics or you know something that's quite dull and boring. And they'll be they've got the bit between their teeth. This ten, I think it was a ten-point deduction, wasn't it? Has really galvanised them, hasn't it? And really given them um that kind of siege mentality from the outside, that's what it looks like anyway. And I can yeah. imagine Sean Dyche really, um, really, like, you know, thriving in that situation. Because um, yeah. he like he talks a lot, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he's, he's a bit annoying, isn't he? Yeah, he's, I don't know, he's a bit patronising. And I just really want to know if he smokes as well, because his voice is just so croaky. He <laughs> must smoke. It's like, must. like Sari. Was it Sari, the old Czech the national yeah. manager? yeah. So yeah. what's your? So I, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm gonna go for. I, do you know what? I'm gonna go dub one one in both games. Arsenal right, one one. My question. So you've gone one one Arsenal Anfield, yeah. Yeah, and I'm going one one um, Everton Tottenham as well. It's. Do you know what? It's so funny because I'm always. You seem to be more conservative with Arsenal. Apart from when I predicted six 0 and almost got it right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. Who was that against again? Remind Sheffield me? United. Sheffield United. That's fair. <laughs> Whereas I seem to be really, uh, maybe it's out of fear that I always think Arsenal are going to win. So I, I am actually predicting you're going to go to Anfield and win three one. Um, to be honest, I think you're going to go and make a statement, and then suddenly, maybe the media might wake up and start giving you guys. To be fair a bit of credit and kudos in this title race because that's what it will take. It will take for you to start getting your Nevilles and your Carragas to start saying, right, Arsenal are serious now this year. It's going to take mm-hmm. you going to Anfield on a televised game on a Saturday to be like, right, this team is serious. Yeah, And yeah, for me, right. it's, a, it, it's a myth. It, it just doesn't make sense why you're not getting... Like, managers are coming out, like Deserby and O'Neill, and are saying you're, like, amongst the best teams. But yeah, Sky yeah. haven't seemed to caught on to it. Um... This suffering, you know, I keep hearing that. Deserby said it. Mart- Emmy Martinez said it, said it as well. You know, we suffered against them, and that, that's you know, if you came out after a match, Andy, and you know, you and I played five aside, and you said, "Car, we suffered today." Mm. That sounds really bad, doesn't it? You're hanging on. It shows that you just yeah, you're yeah. Just hanging on. Yeah, the and you must have played in games uh, uh, for football clubs that you played for, where you've come a come a come across a team either in your league or the league above or a couple of leagues above or something and they've had so much possession those games are exhausting to play in when you're just running and if Arsenal were doing that to teams like Aston Villa and like Brighton then 
we're obviously you got the ball you do less running right football feels easy when you've got possession you're just knocking it around mm. when you're chasing the ball that's horrible isn't it um and maybe that's playing into that and kind of links to that point that you were making about being um you know um not suffering from that fatigue because we're dominating possession of the ball and not having to chase and sprint and recover and all of those kind of things as well so maybe that maybe there's some um some uh, I don't know some backing there for that kind of theory you propose really yeah I mean the only thing I hang my hat on is that if if you do do well if, if European football starts to impact you and I think the draw was today right for the last 16 yeah. you've got Porto which is a very winnable fixture although they, they are decent to be fair Porto yeah um, yeah but I mean we went great. far from there were we on your stag no Lisboa yeah yeah that seems like a lifetime ago, mate. <laughs> but yeah, I think at this stage of the season, we're six points off you at the top, which pre-season, I think any Spurs fan would have bit in your hand off to say six points off the top at this stage of the season. Mm. And I think equally for you, you've got to be incredibly satisfied to be in, well, all, comp- all competitions bar the EFL Cup um, yeah. and sit in top, top proudly at the top of the league. You must be pretty happy all round. Yeah, well chuffed. Well, Jeff, can you know, long may it continue <laughs> for some, for some, yeah. I hope not. But, um, yeah. but no, it's, it's good to watch. Do we, do we know what the date of the next North London derby is? Thinking about it, I think I think it's in April or May, I think late April. That does sound about right, to be fair. Do you know what? I'm I think do? I think you've got a really tough running at the end of the season. Bloody hell, we have. I'm looking th- at it now. Yeah, I think you go Newcastle, City, Arsenal, all within like. Yeah, it's pretty grim. Mate, they've done us. 13th of April, Newcastle away. Then City home, Arsenal home, Liverpool away. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I thought, yeah, I was talking about that with my brother-in-law yesterday. It's pretty grim. That's brutal. So, yeah, so the next North London derby is on the 27th of April. So, that's what, that's the fourth last game of the season. Yeah. And I tell you what, if you're, if you're going, if you're, sort of neck and neck in the title race, that game becomes <laughs> quite significant in terms yeah. of um, God. Hey, and you guys could be back there as well, you know. Madison's back, Ben Tancur returns, Basuma's not banned for once. Yeah, but you, you do know what's happening to us in January, right? No? Yeah. You the do Asian know Cup. we lose Son, Basuma yeah. and Saar are all out for basically the entire month. Yeah. So There is that little... January break though, isn't there? Yeah, that's true. Actually, there is a couple of weeks break. Yeah, but... So maybe that won't be as impactful as it has been in previous years. No, nah, we need but, yeah, to, we need to dip that, into that window. That North London derby on on the horizon, it's months away. But yeah, that could be that could be that could be an all timer, couldn't it? I tell you what, mate. We'll we we'll need to go and watch that together and do a live <laughs> recorded pod with videos and all sorts. <laughs> Who would want to see that? Would any listeners want to see that? Let us yeah. know. Yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah. it's been a pleasure as always All right, nice, nice one Andy mate have a great week and uh, yeah happy birthday once again 2-0 two, two nil to 2-0 to me 2-0 to you to me to you <laughs> that's it yeah. uh, see you later, too. bye bye